Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Grammy-nominated jazz vocalist Denise Donatelli. She gave us the full story on her new 2021 CD, Whistling in the Dark, the music of Burt Bacharach. Her musical journey started in rural Allentown, Pennsylvania, where she was only four years old with classical piano training, and that continued through her high school years. It was her subscriptions to both Columbia and Capitol Music Clubs that gave her access to a large collection of jazz albums. After a move to Atlanta, she turned to singing professionally and has never looked back. She's been quite busy, and she explains all of that and more. Enjoy the story. Thank you for taking a minute out to the show today. I appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. Pleasure is mine. Thank you. Absolutely. You bet. So, Whistling in the Dark, the music of Burt Bacharach. Talk to me a little bit about, we've been in this kind of dark period with COVID since March of 2020, and now that new material comes out, there's a chance for live performance. What does it mean kind of overall to have music out right now for people to listen to? Oh, my gosh. It's it's everything. In fact, you know, I was just looking at uh, my label, Savant Records, uh, Savant and High Note Records. They put out oh, a ton of new music this past year. You know, when everybody was, you know, we thought everybody was uh, quarantining and staying in the home and uh, no, <laughs> it didn't work out that way. Everybody yeah. was out recording. I was amazed to see how many. In fact, when we did uh, that, that was kind of a, a spur of the moment recording that we did. I had been talking with Larry Klein for, oh, I don't know, maybe a year or so, two years. I mean, we would, we would get together and have lunch and, and throw around some ideas and and just couldn't really settle on anything. Then I get a call from Larry out of the blue, and he said, you know, he said, I was on the phone with a friend of mine. He said, uh, Larry, can I put you on hold? I, I need to take this call. It's Bert. And that's when he got the idea. So he contacted me, and, and uh, you know, I said, sure, let's do it. But I have to tell you, I mean, it, 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 we were, we were, you know, I had Larry Goldings on piano. Anthony Wilson on guitar, Vinnie Colyuda on drums, and Larry on bass. And I think this was this was probably the first time any of us were out out of the house. And we were kind of um, it was weird. It was it was a very it wasn't weird. It was just very odd to be to be out in in a studio, especially when we did it. We did it in the height of of COVID. You know, it was it was last. October, we took a week, and that was it. It was the fastest recording I've ever done. It, it had to be cathartic, though, to be able to tap back into what we were missing so much. I mean, because this just jolted, especially the world of musicians, I think, harder than anybody else. Oh, it certainly did. Fortunately, you know, I, I'm married, and, and my husband, you know, is, is here to support me. But I, I don't know what anybody, you know, who's self-supporting musicians, I don't know how they, how they did it, how they survived. The only thing that I can assume from conversations I had looking at what was going on, even small businesses where I'm at, it had to have been all these loans that went out. That's the only thing that I can assume, right. the loans and grants. Yeah, but other than that, I, I get it. I, I did talk to some local musicians that amassed quite a retirement slash savings reserve over the years. And it's gone. Like, I mean, and literally, even with the help that they got from the government, it's just gone. So 
Um, you know, and I think that's the thing that got me the most about the world of music and art and Broadway is that all of these other places like baseball and sports and whatnot all got back to it. But there is this hesitancy with the arts world. And there still kind of is. So, yeah. um, you know, it is very refreshing to see that things are kind of opening up. So are things opening up for you to promote this album and get back at it? They are. In fact, I'm doing a live stream next week. We're going to do it from the house. Uh, it's through the L.A. Jazz Society. Yeah, we're going to do it from the house. I've got Larry Goldings and um, Kevin Axt on bass and uh, uh, L.A. guitarist Larry Coons. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to make it a little holiday soiree. You know, this time of quarantine and lockdown was really reflective for, for all of us. What did you learn about yourself that maybe you didn't realize before that's going to make you stronger now as we all kind of reemerge more? That's a really good question. We we just do what we have to do just to survive. I, I have learned that um, I'm not going to take things for granted anymore. It's, it was quite a year and a half. I mean, and we're still not out of it. You know, we're still being very careful. I, I really don't know how to answer that. What have you I? Totally, no, you totally, no, you did totally answer it. So let me go back to something easier. Talk to me a little bit about your childhood and how the roots of not only singing and music came in, but more specifically jazz. Well, I grew up in um, way out in the boonies, and there was nothing around us. I had not your typical uh, neighborhood. Um, we were out in the country of Allentown, Pennsylvania. I have two older sisters. And my mother and father, they um, they were born in New York, Brooklyn. My father could play the piano by ear. And my mother was a singer before she met and married my, my father. In fact, um, <laughs> my uncles used to, they used to um, whisk her out of the house. They used to sneak her out of the house so that she could go and she sang on the radio. And, you know, my grandparents were old school Italian, so my grandfather just really didn't want her out there singing. Hence, you know, this is why my uncles kind of snuck her out, because she loved music and loved to sing. Um, fast forward, her and my dad got married, uh, moved the family, my two older sisters, to Allentown, Pennsylvania, and uh, while while she was pregnant with me, my older sister since we were out in the country and there, we really didn't have access to music stores. My older sister loved jazz and um, we subscribed to the Capitol and Columbia Music Clubs. Back then, they would just ship out all new releases. You know, once once you check off your, your genre of music, they'll just continue to, to send out. That's what I did. I mean, I, I studied music as well. I studied uh, I was a classical pianist. I, took classical piano lessons for 17 years. I, I'm sorry, not 17, almost. I, I was 17 when I, when I stopped. I started playing at three. This is, what, this is what I did in my spare time. I listened to Alice Fitzgerald, uh, Carmen McRae, Lambert Hendricks and Ross. I mean, all this great music just came into my, our mailbox. That was my foundation. And then uh, when I... Got into high school. Uh, well, as I, when I was a senior, I decided that classical performance was not my my thing. In fact, uh, Keith Jarrett took lessons from our piano teacher, and I remember sitting in the back seat of the car, my mother driving him to 
to our music club recitals. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was really it was it was interesting. I'm I'm uh, I appreciate the fact that my parents exposed me to all this great music. What was the first live show, live jazz show you ever saw that really made you think that's what I want to do with my life? Oh my goodness. Um I was well, I <laughs> I had a a move to I was married and uh my then husband uh moved the family to I had my two sons moved us to Atlanta, Georgia. He needed to be there. I was in the medical field and he needed to be close to the CDC. And then a subsequent divorce after that. I started working at Turner Broadcasting. But I met, this is my day job. I wasn't, I wasn't performing. I'm, I'm a late bloomer here. I wasn't doing any uh, performance. I started dating a, a musician, a pianist. Um, he overheard me singing. Yeah, I'd sing in the car or whatever, but never would I ever have the, you know, I think all my younger performances and as classical music and it just, I just thought performing was just not for me. He took me to a jazz jam in Atlanta, and Russell Malone was on the bandstand. You know, all the all the all the artists who who lived in Atlanta at the time, they would just come out and and play, and you know, and just hang. He put my name down for me to sing, and I <laughs> I was furious with him, frankly. I, I was just stunned when they called my name, and I thought, oh, my God. So I got up, and I sang, and uh, it just so happened that the music director from the Ritz-Carlton downtown was in the audience. He called and, and asked if uh, I would want to come down and, and uh, sing with the with the trio. Apparently, Francine Reed was their resident singer, and she was going on the road with Lyle Lovett. And he was looking for he was looking for a vocalist. So I did. I went down and I ended up doing that for about five years. That's really where I cut my teeth. Very shy. <laughs> yeah. Very shy. Yeah. The the most gregarious outspoken people that we know about are, are have typically historically been shy. I, I heard stories about how JFK was terrified to talk publicly, but you would never know that. You know. Right, right, so, right. I guess that was before the teleprompter for, <laughs> yeah. for JFK, you know. Right. Somebody with cue cards, you know, and he would he would just read. But, oh, to, to be, to, I mean, it's really, it's it's something. I know a lot of people who, who absolutely love to be out there and love to sing and just, you know, they're, they're just born performers. But, um, I don't know, I think maybe... You know, if we want to really get into the the weeds in this, I I think maybe the classical piano performances just killed me. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think that it, it really takes a special type of person to to be able to to do that, and it's terrifying. It gives me. I still get I still get nervous. You know, I mean, I I still get a little nervous, but it 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 actually helps. I think. It, yeah. it keeps you. It keeps your performance uh, up, so to speak. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, things have obviously worked out. You've been Grammy nominated, and 
what what does that mean to you? I mean, you know, you you it, it's a late life thing. What were nominations that big like for you? How did that affect your career and your outlook on what you were doing? Well, it, you know, as they say, it's always an honor to be recognized by your peers, which it, it truly is. I mean, I was completely stunned. Never, never, ever did I ever expect anything like that. And I remember the first the first time was, um, it was the second recording I did with Jeffrey Keezer. And uh, the first one was uh, When Lights Are Low. Uh, that was back in 2012, I think. But I remember I was, you know, I was going to, to a restaurant to meet up with some friends and never even thought about the Grammys at all. And we were just going out to hang. And uh, there were a bunch of singers there. And, and also, oh, Bill Cunliffe's uh, pianist was, was sitting at the bar, uh, ironically. He was, he was there. It was a neighborhood hang. And as I was in the car driving over, uh, Jeffrey called me and said, you know, he said, don't say anything. He said, but uh, I just heard from, I don't know, I don't know who he heard it from, but uh, he said, I, I'm nominated for, I got the nomination for the uh, arrangement of Don't Explain, and that was from the When Lights Are Low album. And um, so, um, of course, we that reminded me that nominations were being announced. So um, anyhow, so we're, we're there hanging, having dinner uh, with my friends. Someone said, oh, you know, the nominations are announced. So they looked on their phone and and that's when they told me that I was nominated, that the album was nominated as well. So, and Bill Cunliffe also got a nomination for his his work, for his album. So it was a fun night. I mean, Bill, after everyone left, Bill and I just stayed there and, and hung and, and uh, drank <laughs> and mm. celebrated. So, it, yeah, it was, it was fun, you know. It, I'm just totally stunned, and, and it does mean, it means a lot. You know, I, I can't say that it doesn't. It really, it truly meant a lot. And yeah. um, also the subsequent albums that I did, um, Soul Shadows, that also was nominated. Uh, I did that with, with Keezer as well. Then uh, the, uh, the last one that I did with Keezer, Find a Heart, that was also nominated. So we were on a roll, you know. It was, it was a good. It was a good time. Good roll. What do you like the best about this profession that you're in? What do you, being a singer and being a professional musician, what's the greatest part of it for you? Oh my goodness, it's it's a very loving, tight knit uh, community, the jazz community. Um, we support each other, or at least we hope to, and. Um, it's uh, everyone knows everybody. It's it's you know I I know musicians from, you know when you perform in other cities and you you pick up a, a band there you know it's impo- it's almost impossible to tour with with your musicians with your band. It's not uh, financially feasible. So um, you know it, depending upon the cities that you go to, you you meet so many so many great and you play with so many great musicians. I think the last time I was in Kansas City was with uh, I I I got um, uh, Don Braden on sax, 
And uh, Ed Howard, I, I got him to come uh, from, New, uh, he lives in New Jersey. So uh, we had a good time. I mean, it's it's fun. We took a road trip and we just we just toured. Everyone has a perception of you, your family, your friends, your fans, but ultimately you have a perception of yourself, an idea of who you are. Who do you think you are? <laughs> who do you think you are? Um, who do you think you are? <laughs> the end credits. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Who do I think I I'm a I'm a good person, Joe. <laughs> I'm, I like that. And I'm fun. And I'm fun. Yeah. yeah. I'm and and I don't take a whole lot seriously. Maybe I should. But you know, if if I did that I I'd look like I was a hundred years old. No, everything I'm who do I think I am? I'm modest. Uh, my husband thinks I'm modest to a fault. He would he would like me to be a little bit more. That's not confident, isn't the word, but but more maybe maybe confident. Maybe maybe my um, yeah maybe more confident in my ability. But you know overall I I'm I'm a good person. I mean that's who I think I am. That's great. Right to the point. Denise, thank you for taking a minute out from Neon Jazz to talk about the music and your life in it. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Joe. It was a pleasure. I, I so appreciate it. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest singers in Atlanta, New York City, L.A., Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Denise for her time and music. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com and for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.